is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And with me, as always, is Max for another episode of the Steelers postgame show. And, well, there's been better days for the Pittsburgh Steelers faithful as the Steelers lose 28-26 to to the Seattle Seahawks at Heinz Field, dropping their record to 0-2. Lance, is the sky falling? Not, not completely, but it's on way. The trajectory <laughs> suggests it's going down. <laughs> it's not falling yet, but it's on the way down. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people joining the show because fans are upset, rightfully so. Um, I don't think anyone really expected, you know, in their right mind, if if you're realistic about the start of the season in week one, you kind of said to yourself, eh, maybe they go up to New England and shock the world. If not, you know, it's not really expected. Uh, but everyone probably suggested that they would win this week two game against Seattle at home. And they had every opportunity to do that here on Sunday, one o'clock PM. Um, I want to first just talk about a few plays. We've said this before a million times on the show. We've done the show now for like three seasons. And I've always said that the, uh, the famous Joe Gibbs quote, which was that a football game can be boiled down to just three or four plays typically that really turn the tide. And I look at just mistakes that were made by the Steelers or in one way or the other. So you think about the Daniel McCullers personal foul on a field goal attempt, which gives them new life. The next play, they score their first touchdown. That's a four-point swing. You think about Dante Moncrief on Mason Rudolph's first pass attempt, or I guess, yeah, in the NFL, goes right through his hands. It wasn't that bad of a pass. Intercepted. They score a touchdown off of that turnover. You think about the defensive pass interference call that was overturned against Terrell Edmonds. Uh, it's just, it was just really, really bad. I know I'm forgetting one, uh, another play that potentially took points off the board. But uh, Lance, it was just a day of. Really oh, I know bad which football. one you're missing. I, I know one you're missing. What's that? Um, Chickalo, his miss on the Richard Penny run. Yeah, that one too. Um, it, I'm trying to think here. I said, you know, the, da, 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 da. yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's those three plays, really, that, that if you think about the overall scheme of the game and, and just those few plays led to points. That's that's the biggest thing for me. They, they led to points and, and differential. When you only lose a game by two, uh, you're always going to be questioning what if, what if, what if. And I get it. You could play the what if game in every single game and, every, you know, whatever. Um, here's my opening question. The Steelers were hit with a rash of injuries in the game today, none bigger than Ben Roethlisberger's elbow. Um, no word uh, from Mike Tomlin after the game in regards to the severity of it. Didn't expect to hear anything. He said he's being evaluated. Uh, said that, you know, guys like James Conner has a knee. That's troublesome for a guy that's never played in 16 games in his career, in his third year in the league. Go well, it, ahead. Doesn't ma- it doesn't matter. They're not going to run the ball anyway, so. That's true, too. We'll get to that, okay? Then you have Sean Davis, who's leaving with a shoulder, a shoulder injury. Uh, and I've Anthony Ciccolo, maybe good news that he has plantar fasciitis, and maybe he'll miss some time. That would probably be a good thing for the defense. Let me ask you, Jeff, how do you What's get up? plantar in the game? You had to come into the game with it. He might have had some issues with a foot, and then it was aggravated during the game. I don't know. Because, you know, you think about okay. a, a guy like Moncrief, who's – said openly that his finger's been bothering him, but he has yet to be on an injury report. So these guys are dealing with stuff, you know, for a long yeah, time. But yeah. um, And then I'm trying to think there's a, cu- a couple other injuries, but nothing that severe. 
Yeah, I only asked about that because I know plantar is not acute. Like you just don't. If somebody step on your foot and you have plantar, right? You, you probably had it coming into the game. So let's talk about the biggest one first. What were your thoughts on on Mason Rudolph? I I, I was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty pleased with, with the way that the uh, second-year quarterback uh, quitted himself. I, I thought he looked good. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but the offense just seemed to move a little bit better when he was in the game. QB controversy? No. <laughs> no. no. There isn't. I, uh, in, the live chat, in the live chat, they're already saying, you know, hey, Rudolph should be playing, but he didn't. He didn't do anything. He about it himself him. well. He did not. He yeah. did not. He did not stink it up. He played quality football. Um, you know, you you pointed to a lot of you know singular plays, you know that may have cost him the game in a very close ball game. But I but I I, I tend to not like focus on those things. I I'm trying to take the and I'm glad you pointed those out. But I try to take like a higher uh, perspective, like a sixty four thousand foot perspective. This offense doesn't score 26 points without the turnovers. And that has to be a red alarm that, you know, that has to be the emergency signal. This, this offense looks toothless, clawless, punchless. It doesn't look explosive. They don't look like they have an identity on offense and the offensive line is not playing very well, particularly in the run game. They look like they can't run it. So there's a lot of stuff going on with this football team right now, and it doesn't look very good. Well, let me ask you this. So we're talking about the offense. I agree with you that the there doesn't there seems to be a major disconnect within the offense, whether it's play calling, run to pass ratio. What in the world would possibly be the reason? And someone in the live chat just mentioned this that the offense would look better with Mason Rudolph at center, uh, under center, compared to Ben Roethlisberger? Answer that. The OC is calling the plays. Exactly. This is what I'm wondering. This this type of performance from a backup makes you wonder what's going on with the starter. So, in other words, is Randy Feetner just handing the duties to Ben most of the time? Or is Ben checking out of plays? That's what I want to know. And we don't have that answer. But right. If anything, I'm looking at this saying that if, if Mason is just running the plays that Randy Feetner's putting in his headset, in his helmet, they're working. Because in the second half, outside of the Moncrief drop, which turned into an interception, the Steelers' offense, I think, was only stopped once or twice in two quarters of play. Um, it, it's I, I, I understand what you're saying about the turnovers, that they wouldn't have scored if it weren't for the turnovers, but you have to admit... Uh, they got creative. They ran a flea flicker. A yes, yes. It, it looked better. It looked much better. It almost looks like, dare I say, when Hobbs used to play and then Rudolph would come in, how the yeah. offense would look completely different. And Hobbs is, of course, Josh Dobbs. And, of course, I'm going to Mongrief. That name stays until he actually <laughs> makes a catch. It's going to be Mongrief. And it, is it going to be Chicka Go, Chicka Low? Chicka go, chicka blow. He's just bad. So we have to keep coming up with these nicknames for well, these. Chickalo doesn't even deserve a nickname because <laughs> yeah. he, because he's a backup. Yes. The, the biggest is Dud. He already has a nickname, Bud the Dud. This guy is awful. And everyone says about how Bud Dupree is going to show out. He's going to come near double digit sacks. I think we said eight. 
maybe. He has won so far in two games, which I guess it's a, on, uh, it's a good pace for him. He's on pace for eight in a season if he's getting one every other game. But the thing with me is that he's getting one-on-one looks. That's what I don't understand. TJ Watt's getting chipped and double-teamed, and he's still making an impact. Maybe we just have higher, too high of expectations for Bud Dupree, but he's the one oh, that yeah, was spying. He was spying Russell Wilson on that third down where he rushed 15 yards on third and 16. That was his – I'm sorry, that wasn't. That was Chickler. The one before that was Dupree, and he just whiffed. He just absolutely whiffed. The only notable play he made today was a – a play that he's going to get fined heavily for where he hit, hit Russell Wilson with his helmet after the play. Awful. Just awful. I'm looking at the live chat. JJ Hernandez. It's funny when guys are in the live chat when they beat their chest about picking terrible seasons. <laughs> like, like if JJ Hernandez was beating his chest about saying they're going to be 4-12, and 12. see, I told you so. Like, I would hope that that wouldn't be the case, but they're they're pretty bad right now on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and you saw Seattle make a very good adjustment. They went to the quick passing game. They could not block up front. They put Russell Wilson in shotgun, and they got rid of the ball. The Steelers didn't make an adjustment in terms of trying to defend man-to-man. They stayed in the soft zone, allowed the catches in front of them, and he just picked them apart. I think he, I think he only had maybe six incompletions. Is that amazing? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Russell, oh, Russell Wilson. Wilson, he finished the day. Let me look it up real quick. 29 of 35, 300 yards on the dot, three touchdowns, no interceptions for a 131 passer rating. Yeah, just imagine the Steelers ratings in the last two games. I think the quarterbacks have to be above a buck 30. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah, not good. Um, it, it, so you talked about adjustments the Seahawks made, and I agree. They went to that quick hitting over the middle. They really wanted to exploit Mark Barron, who I didn't think had a good game, and the rookie Devin Bush. Uh, the Steelers struggled with tight ends again in this system. Like you said, they just refused to get out of their zone defense at times. Where's the adjustment from the Steelers' defense? They, the only adjustment that I noticed, and you you know more about this stuff than I do on the defensive side of the ball. The only adjustment I noticed were late in the half, late in the game, they started to have. Their run blitzes. That's typically where Mike Hilton came off the edge. And they know they're going to run it, but they're trying to make contact in the backfield. That caused a fumble uh, there in the fourth quarter. Uh, So other adjustments that you saw, any that you can notice? I didn't see it. I I didn't see it. It looked like they stayed in the the same basic coverages. I'm going to guess, having not seen the film, probably covered three looks. They just stayed pretty basic, pretty vanilla underneath. And they really felt like they could get there with a four-man rush. But they were getting it out so quick. I mean, he was getting it out, bam, get five, run it twice, boom, first down. I mean, he was getting it out, getting it out. And then they had the two coverage busts in the red zone in the red zone to give up the touchdown to the tight end on consecutive plays. You know, just two busts there. And you could see Sean Davis really being upset uh, about the bust and Bush not possibly being in the right place. It's right now. They're struggling on both sides of the ball. Um, I think the only team that might be playing worse than them defensively might be the Miami Dolphins. Ugh, that's a dumpster fire down there. Um, let's look at some of these numbers that you mentioned. Just listen to the team statistics. Okay, these are not individuals. We'll get to that in a second. First downs, Seattle 25 to Pittsburgh 17. Third downs, Seattle was 5 for 13. Pittsburgh was a off awful 3 for 11. Total net yards, 
Seattle's 425 yards to Pittsburgh's 261. Offensive plays, Seattle 72 to Pittsburgh 51. Rushing net yards, Seattle's 151 to Pittsburgh's 81. Passing net, 274 to 180. Penalties, Seattle had 10, Pittsburgh had 5. The Pittsburgh Steelers actually won the turnover battle with two fumbles and fumble recoveries to Pittsburgh's interception, which, again, I hate that that's credited to Rudolph when it was not his fault whatsoever. And I'm um, going to pause you, Jeff. I'm going to pause you, Jeff, before you it. get another number. Sure. And, and that's the importance of turnovers. Without turnovers, this is an absolute blowout. That's the important. That's the importance of turnovers. Turnovers made this a competitive game. If they don't get the turnovers, they probably lose by two touchdowns. Because when you look at those differentials in terms of yards and first downs and third down conversions in every stat, it is overwhelmingly on the side of Seattle Seahawks. Maybe that's a little bit different if Ben Roethlisberger plays the second half, but maybe it's not because they didn't have any offensive rhythm when he was in the game. But turnovers are incredibly important, and that's the only thing that made this game particularly close. Yeah, it, it's it, this was such a strange game to me because when you look at the first quarter, you had a Steelers defense that was just – the front was just going to work. And Stephon Tewitt has three sacks on the day. They get four sacks in total on Russell Wilson. So they got to the quarterback. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the offense, though, could do absolutely nothing right. And it, it seemed like every time Roethlisberger dropped back to pass, it was a coverage sack. They were He was having to force footballs. And that's a time where you should be able to run on a lightened box. And the offensive line just wasn't getting the job done. That's my biggest question is what's going on with the Steelers offensive line? Because honestly, I've watched these last two weeks just like you have. I haven't watched as much film in the back end of things, meaning the day after the week leading up to the next game. To me, the offensive line just hasn't performed well. And even maybe, no, I agree. even I agree. Rudolph, when he was in there and succeeded, there were times where he was having to really manipulate the pocket well, and it's it's a situation that is troublesome. And immediately, I think people are going to point to Munchak leaving, and maybe that is the case. But if the Steelers are going to win and they're going to have any type of identity offensively, you have to be able to run the ball a little bit, and they can't. They can't run the ball. I don't think it's you know. Look at the numbers. Let's talk about the numbers here. James Conner finished with eleven attempts on third with thirty-three yards. He did have a touchdown, along of fourteen yards. Benny Snell one rush, twenty-three yards. Jalen Samuels three rushes for eighteen, and Mason Rudolph one for seven. That's it. That's, yeah, that's it. not. You know that's not good. I'm looking through the live chat while you're talking, and of course it's uh. And it's the typical stuff in the live chat. You know, you, you lose two games in a row, fire everybody. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's the typical stuff. Uh, if that were the only, if if firing everyone could fix things that easily, I'm sure everybody would fire everyone consistently. But it never is the case. Uh, you know, one positive on the defensive side of football is Nelson is playing really good football. Yeah. I thought Nelson had a great game. Um yeah, I think that, you know, it, it, it's funny that I'm going to say this. I, I, I'm still actually more concerned with the offense than I am on the defensive side of football. I still think the defense is more talented okay. than this offense. Okay. Let's, talk, let's talk this out then. Let's, let's go over this because I'm not saying I disagree with you. But if you think that the defense still has more potential, where's the missing? What is missing from this defense to get it to a point where you at least as a fan have a sense of, yeah, they're going to get a stop? Compared to 
there's no way. <laughs> I think the front. I mean, I think the front seven still has to be is encouraging. Um, I, I still think because there's still new moving parts, I, I still think, and this is flatly, squarely on the coaches, I still think communication is an issue. And, and, I, and I just feel like teams have them guessing at the moment. Um, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think they're confident probably trying to do everything that they would like to do from, from a scheme perspective. And so I think it's a defense that's still trying to get on page. But I think they still have talented players in their defense. When I look on the offensive side of football, especially at the wide receiver core, you got two rookies playing this early in the season, which is alarming to me. You have a guy in Mongrief that can't catch. He's probably injured and shouldn't be playing. You have Ryan Switzer that gets zero yards after the catch and actually catches balls for like one yard. He's the electric robot football man that doesn't move when the board just uh. uh, <laughs> stays still. Um, and James Conner is nicked. And so, so on the offensive side of football, there's just no juice right now. There's no juice. There, it's going to have to be highly schemed for it to work. And Juju, I don't think is scaring anyone. No. No, and, and honestly, I actually kind of, I actually kind of predicted that I didn't think that Juju would strike fear into defenses like uh, Mister Third and Fifth did, or when Martavis Bryant did when he was on the team. Um, I think that ultimately, offensively, I said this, and I, I wrote an article last week talking about how the Pittsburgh Steelers, in terms of the percentage of the receivers playing, you know how how many snaps are they playing and all that stuff should be different in week two and i was there were a couple people that just ripped me a new one saying oh my gosh this is a knee-jerk reaction is it still a knee-jerk reaction folks i don't think it is brian switzer shouldn't be playing he shouldn't be playing offense period okay <laughs> i've said and that all mongrief shouldn't be playing either so you know what you go into battle with James Washington, who had a couple nice catches today. They finally used him over the middle, Lance. I'm sure you were happy about that. Yes. Deontay Johnson had a rookie drop, but also had an unbelievable catch for a first down to keep a drive going on third and 10. And you put Juju out there. And then use Vance McDonald the way they did today, and you have yourself what I think is a it's – not, it's not electric, it's not dynamic, but it's a capable offense in that mind. And for, for once – you know, this is this is something that as a fan I've been waiting for for two years now. We got to see Mason Rudolph, and if let's say Ben has to miss a couple games, I don't think quarterback is going to be the problem. Personally. I don't either. I don't either. Let me give you a number since we're going through the game book, and my number might be off from the first game. I think running backs ran it, I'm going to guess, 13 times last week against the Patriots. They ran it another 15 times. They have 28 rushing attempts from running backs and or fullbacks in two games. Yep. Just think, just think of that. So they've thrown the ball. They threw it 34 times. I think they threw it like 48, 47 times. They've thrown it 81 times. Let's say 80, just to round it off, 80 times. And they've run it, let's say, 30 times. That's not going to get it done. They're placating the run game. And the thing that was so comical in this game, you have a quarterback rubbing his elbow. He's clearly hurt, but they still go shotgun four wideouts or 11 personnel, and he proceeds to throw it another five or six times after he's visibly hurt rubbing his, his elbow. If that doesn't tell you that they, have no, that, that they have any commitment to running the football, 
that should tell you right there. Running the football is just it, it, it's just to placate people or placate them. They have to, and they can't realistically throw it 50 times and run it two times. They, they have no commitment to the running game. They're going to have to balance this offense out, but they may not be able to because now Connor is nicked. But they need to balance this offense out, and it needs to be a play-action offense, in my opinion, a more traditional play-action offense. Here's a funny thing. When I'm looking at the live chat, uh, when people talk about adjustments, the funny, here's the funny thing about adjustments. People only recognize adjustments if they work. There are many times where teams make adjustments in games that don't work. And it's not to say that they aren't making adjustments. It's just that people only recognize positive adjustments. And a lot of times, teams don't make a ton of adjustments anyway in games. You try to tighten the screws on what you're trying to do because you spent some time game planning and you, you thought that something would work. But, um, you know, they're in an O2 hole. They have, you know, game three is, a, you know, I hate to say must win this early, but you do not want to go down 0-3. And the Niners just wallop Cincinnati, I believe, 41-17. to Yeah, no, they did. It's not going to be an easy trip at all because they're going to cross country. We know the Steelers struggle in that avenue, in that area. Um, and the thing is, for me, is uh, to me, a lot of this offensively hangs on Ben Roethlisberger. And like I said, I, I can't believe I'm saying it because we've, we've said it for years, and that is if Ben's done, then the Steelers are done. And it even comes down it's, – it's ironic. I watched on the uh, NFL Network Friday night uh, Terry Bradshaw's Football Life. And yeah, I watched they, that too. Yeah, I watched it live, and, and they talked. He talked openly. You saw that play where his what, – what ended his career? Elbow injury. An yep. elbow injury, you know, is one of those situations where he thought he was healthy, they put him back on the field, and then he was just done. I'm not saying that Ben Roethlisberger's career is done. We don't even know the extent of his injury. But it was bad enough that he didn't come back in in the second half. And this wasn't a game like it was in Oakland last year for X-Ray Gate where, you know, they had um, you know, they had to take <laughs> like him that. across the street and over to – over two blocks up the street and then up to the third floor for a 1970s style x-ray machine in Oakland. This was more along the lines of, and, and they thought they could win that game against Oakland last year without him. This was a close game and they kept him out. But again, I'm not concerned about the quarterback. I'm not. I, I fully think Mason Rudolph could come in. Is he going to make some mistakes? Is he going to make some bad throws? He's going to make some questionable decisions. Young quarterback. Yeah, but I'm not concerned about the quarterback position. What I am concerned about is can the defense tackle a little bit better? Bad. It was really bad. The tackling was really bad. Can you just not have blown coverages? Really bad. You talked yeah. about yourself. Back-to-back -back bus. You can't have a bus. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, 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 I saw... Not, not right there. I mean, those no, bus exactly. Were I was watching on uh, Steelers, the Steelers official Twitter account where um, Arthur Motes was talking about what Keith Butler always preaches, which is funny because he might preach nothing i don't know um but he said that you know he always preached look if you're if you're all doing the wrong thing at least do the wrong thing together but when you have half of the team doing one thing and half doing the other right. i don't know what's going on like mark Barron ended up because vince williams had the i don't care everyone's so enamored with the green sticker on the helmet who's the communicator it was tj watt in week one everyone had oh my gosh it's it's an outside linebacker well today it was vince williams and vince williams gets hurt hamstring injury Mark Barron has the green dot then. 
So here I have a guy that hasn't even been in the offense for more than three weeks, not counting the preseason, and he's now calling the plays on the defensive side of the ball, and he's not playing well either. Uh, just I, so this I leads to this leads to your, your your topic or the burning question that came out yesterday. Uh, when teams struggle and aren't playing very well, who's more to blame? Is it coaches or is it players? I will always, always, always save its players because it's not Mike Tomlin's fault that Bud Dupree blows his assignment or misses a tackle. <clears throat> I'm not going to say that it's Randy Feetner's fault that Dante Moncrief lets a ball sail right through his hands on a third and 10 and it gets in. It hit his face mask. That's, that's, Did it hit his face mask? Uh, yeah, it hit his face mask. It See, went I thought it was up over his head. I thought it hit his face mask. I could be wrong. It, I'm not saying that you're right yeah, or I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. That. Anyways, so either way. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think coach's job are to put you in a position to make plays. Chickalo is in position to make the play. He misses the tackle. They score a touchdown. I mean, it, it's yeah. – it's, so to me, it's always play. You just got to make a play. Is it is it Danny Smith's fault that Big Dan McCullers decides to crash down on top of the the long snapper, long snapper. which you can't do in the NFL? Is it is it Danny Smith's fault? I don't think he coached him to do that. And so for me, I'm not saying the coaches are immune from criticism because certainly they deserve their share, but I don't give them the lion's share of criticism based on the fact that Randy Feedner could have the perfect play drawn up, and if the players don't go out and execute nothing's going to happen. And when the players do go out and execute, very rarely do you hear, boy, that was a great, that was a great play call, or that was a great way to draw it up. You know, that just doesn't happen that way. So right, for me, right. it's, it's a catch 22. And that's like, um, I don't know if it was Tomlin, but someone said, you know, coaches and quarterbacks, they get too much blame when you lose and yet not enough credit when you win. So there you have right. it. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's 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 the classic cliche. You know, you can lead a uh, what oh is boy, it? Here you? we go. Here we go. Is he gonna get it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna mess it up. You can lead uh, something to drink. A horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. That's it. You can is lead that it? A, Yes, you can <laughs> lead something to water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible with cliches. I am the cliche killer, and, and, and that's the truth. Now, now you could. Coaching can be criticized. I say when you have a guy, for instance, uh, people used to be very critical of Dick LeBeau when James Harrison dropped, you know, 30% of the snaps he played, he dropped in coverage. And you're asking yourself, like, why is James Harrison dropping in coverage consistently and not rushing the quarterback? That's a case where you can clearly look at a coordinator and say, you're not necessarily putting a guy in a position to succeed. However, like you said, when Mongrief lets a ball go through his hands, it either hits his hands or hits his face mask. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You call to play. You know, the guy didn't execute. You know, McCullers is in that same position probably on field goal attempts every single time, and he hits the long snapper. Yeah. You know, you just, you know, boneheaded execution plays will get coaches fired and players cut, and that's just the way it works. Yeah. And so, so he, where, where where do the Steelers go now? I mean, you look at the, I'm looking at the stat line. It's awful. I mean, it's awful. Juju has eight, eight, five catches on eight targets for 84 yards. Wasn't even a factor in the first half. Uh, Vance McDonald finishes with seven receptions, 38 yards, two touchdowns. Um, James Washington, two receptions, two receptions for 23 yards. Sorry about the dog there. Even the um, dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're all Steeler fans in the South, even the canines. So here we have the Steelers and Allen to going out west to your home state of California for the 49ers game. What do you think? I mean, they're in trouble. Um, you know, I did my last show last Friday. Yeah, I said it. It's always sunny in Pittsburgh. I think. Yeah, I think uh, it might not be too sunny. Uh, this this right now, this isn't a good football team. I'm not saying panic, but there are some cracks in the foundation. The boat is linking, leaking. Excuse me. They're, they're, it is time to be somewhat concerned about this football team. They can't convert third downs. They can't run the football on offense. They're not getting people off the field, and they're getting diced and picked apart on the back end. I mean, Russell Wilson has six or seven incompletions. I mean, Tom Brady diced him up. You got two weeks back-to-back where you got elite quarterbacks with quarterback ratings over 130. Garafalo just picked apart Cincinnati, put up 41 points, long trip. It's going to be really tough. I mean, it's going to be really tough. There, and, and, and there's no one that scares you in particular on either side of the football because you can scheme away a pass rush by just going shotgun, quick game, get the ball out. And there's nobody on this offense that scares anybody. And if James Conner is out, it's going to be interesting. But I think the biggest thing that's the issue going into the, the San Francisco 49er game is the health of the quarterback. You don't know if Ben is healthy. And even when he was healthy in this game, the offense looked terrible. So there, there are some cracks in the foundation. Uh, this is a boat that I would not want to be uh, sailing on. I'd rather be on a, a Royal Caribbean um, that I knew could get me to the Bahamas and back. Here's my next question, which is going to sound extremely obvious, but how in the heck didn't we see this? This this team has not changed, Lance. I mean, are, we, mean, that, are we that bad? Or? It's, your fault. It's, your, it's your fault. You infected me, Jeff. It's your fault. <laughs> See, I did a positive podcast on Friday. It's your rosy disposition. You're always smiling. You're always, <laughs> you know, the glass is always half full. It's always, you're always, it's you, Jeff. It's you, Jeff. See, see, I, you, see because you've made me more positive, I can't, I couldn't get back into my pessimistic deep dive and rip this football team going into the season. It's your fault, Jeff. There's a part of me that says, let's just see what Rudolph can do. Let's just see it, you know? Let's just see what he can do. I mean, you might as well. I we, we know what Ben can do. And but I you know, as we're as we're doing the show, I'm watching the Kansas City Chiefs on the on the television and they're just moving up and down the field with ease. And I'm watching the Steelers and it's like painful. It it's a struggle. Like, like everything is a struggle. When I watch that offense, I have no idea what they're trying to do to attack another defense. It just doesn't – sometimes it's as clear as day when you see it. When teams come out and they run a certain way, they run a certain direction, certain throws, you kind of see it. it. It seems like the Steeler offense is guessing from the start of the game. Yeah, they are. <laughs> That's what I don't get. You script – have you ever seen a team – and I tweeted this out as I run the Behind the Steel Curtain Twitter feed during games. Have you ever seen a team that practices a script from at least Thursday – until the game starts, you always script out like the first 10 plays. They religiously look awful during that script. How is that possible? Because they don't have a script. <laughs> that would explain a lot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's ad lib, baby. They don't have a script. Oh, boy. And there's a lot of people saying, you know, hey, there you go. On the screen, Jeff will be rocking that number two jersey five minutes over. <laughs> 
I have oh. decided. I have decided if I am going to get one, it's going to be a throwback. Give me the block I love, numbers. I love that um, that that icon or the graphic that guy's picture. I think that was one of the guys on Punch Out. It was. It was uh, Soda Popinski. Look at you, Jeff. You can pull. I'm impressed. You can pull up <laughs> the name of of video game graphics, but you don't go to any movies. No, I don't have time for that stuff, man. But All you my remember free time is working. Soda Popinski. You remember yes. that? Yes. But, <laughs> I don't. You probably didn't see ET either. That was a long. I've seen it. I, we used to have that movie. I've watched it. I, we didn't watch it a bunch as a kid, but I have seen it. I have seen ET. Okay. Um, it's, you were yeah. you were doing arts and crafts growing up. So let, let me clarify this. Greg said, "Hey Jeff, didn't someone say they would get you a Mason jersey if you threw a touchdown?" I thought it was it was Bo getting Ben with Bo, who's in this live chat. He said something to that effect, but I don't know if it was a touchdown or if it was winning a game. So I know you're listening, Bo. I know you're listening. If you said it was a touchdown, he threw two of them. I'll be waiting for my jersey to arrive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, come on. Come on, Bo. I, yeah. the jersey. Hey, and, then, and then if he gets you the jersey, you should, so, wear, it all, you should wear it all year. If I got a jersey, I would wear it for sure. Now, here's the last thing here because I feel like we're just beating a dead horse. There was a lot of there was a lot of uh, rumors at the end of the week about Minka Fitzpatrick of the Miami Dolphins. Am I there? Yeah, you get me. All right. There's a lot of news about Minka Fitzpatrick. Have you heard these rumors, Lance? Yes. Uh, Lance, are you there? I am here. Okay, very good. Did you hear the rumors? Yes. Okay. Now. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Would you surrender with this team that you have right now? Would you surrender future draft stock, make say a second round pick next year and maybe another pick uh, or something else to the Dolphins to get a player like that? Or would you say that he's not going to make that big of a difference? We'd have two first round safeties from the same class, he and Edmonds. Um, that would be expensive to handle in terms of fifth year options, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? I'd make the move. I'd, I'd make the move. I think with Ben at quarterback, you still have to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive and try to put the best team around him uh, to give the Steelers the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Yes, because I don't think Davis is the future. You could upgrade the position to Fitzpatrick, especially depending on the grade that you had on him. It depends on the grade that they had on him in last year's draft or a draft two years ago. I think, it, I think it's last year's draft, depending on what grade they had on him. Okay, I, I don't want to. I'm not skirting the the subject here, but Jeffrey, uh, he put some. I think four dollars and ninety nine cents in the live chat, the tip jar, and he asked a question, and he finally re he said it again. There's a lot of people in the live chat, and he was for you, Lance. He said uh, covering a tight end. Where is that adjustment? He wants to know what your thoughts are on the adjustments and Keith Butler and and all that stuff. I think you could play more man. I mean, I think you could adjust and play more man. Uh, you know, once you had them getting picked off in the soft underneath zones, I think you might want to man that up. But I think one of the issues with them playing man is they get beat when it comes to crossing routes or rub routes, I should say. But I think you could man it up. I mean, the, the completions were really easy. Um, so I think you man it up. I mean, man defense is the easiest you can do. If you're having communication issues, play man. If you can think because man is easy. Guard that guy. I mean, it's, oh. it's not it, – it's not – a cerebral thing. It, it, at that point, it's an execution thing. Um, guard that guy. And they did play man. You saw Devin Bush get beat. 
in man coverage by tight end for a touchdown. So they tried it. Maybe that's why they went away from it. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that it, it comes down to you have a, I think you have a corner cornerbacks that can handle man coverage for once. Um, and Nelson and Hayden, and they, they can do it. Um, I was interesting today. Cam Sutton saw some time over Mike Hilton and Mike Tomlin was asked about that in the post game press conference. He said, we were just looking for a combination that worked. And so maybe that's a sign that Mike Hilton might be losing some snaps as the nickel cornerback. I thought Cam Sutton at the end of the first half made two very good plays, good tackles, wrap tackles, keeping them in bounds, heady play, smart play. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how things play out from here on. The biggest news this week is is not going to come. You'll probably hear some rumors or some grumblings maybe tonight, tomorrow online of, Ben's injury. Typically, you know, the, the team won't say anything official until Tuesday, but a source will say that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's injury is considered a something, something sprain or a ligament or something in the, the expected timeline for that to be out. So make sure you're tuned into behind the steel curtain.com for that. Uh, we'll have that as soon as that news is brought up. But let me read this comment. I think it's sure. the best comment that I've seen thus far in the live chat by Yenzer Life 77. He said, simplifying the schemes on both sides of the ball and solidifying fundamentals is a good start. I mean, I think he's pert. I think that's right. I think when you when you have a lot of things in it, you have communication issues, you got to simplify. And also, you have to really uh, – tackling and fundamentals and tackling is really going to be a focus. The tackling was very poor. I think that was an outstanding compliment, uh, comment, I should say, is you have to get back to fundamentals and you have to simplify some things you have to figure out what you do well on both sides defensively and offensively you have to build upon that and that's what you have to move forward with you could have the scheme to build the Sistine Chapel but if you can't paint a brick <laughs> I mean what are you going to do I mean you better focus on doing the very easy stuff before you get into the detailed stitching and the embroidery and all of the the other stuff that you would add to a fancy gown or a painting or something like that. You better be able to just basically stitch and sew at this point. Yeah, and I think offensively that that rings true, but sometimes you bring a vanilla defense to the table, you're going to get torched in the the NFL, period. Yeah, it's just you got to do a couple of things well. Like, of course, you you know, you can't just, you know, you can't show a look constantly to do it, but you have to do a couple of things well. Because here's the thing, when you're thinking, you're stinking. When you're thinking too much, you play slow. So all the speed that they've Add it. You play slow because you're guessing and thinking and not sure. So you might as well be a slow defense. Yeah. So they're going to have to get down to what they do well fundamentally on both sides of the ball and really start building game plans around those things. Looking at it, they don't do anything particularly well. Well, I will say this, that I felt that today, um, at least offensively in the second half, they did some things well that they could possibly build upon. Whether it's Ben or Mason at quarterback, we won't know. But I thought that they at least did some things that were noteworthy that they could look at and say, okay, going into week three, this was successful for us. Jalen Samuels didn't play poorly when he got in the game, both in the screen game and on the ground. Um, also, you have guys like, um, you, you know, I mean, Mason played well, but Vance McDonald was a big contributor in this game. You want to get him involved. You want to make him a part of that offensive game plan. So um, to put a positive spin on it, which I typically do, I think that although this was a tough loss and a game that they probably should have won, if the Steelers can still create turnovers, and you mentioned how important that was, and that is moving forward, if they can create turnovers, I think they have a decent chance. We'll see how they do 
against uh, the San Francisco 49ers. But real quick, last question. If this is not the Steelers' demo at all, if there was someone that was going to be axed to send a message, so to speak, could be a player or a coach. What do you think? Who, who would it be? If you had to cut somebody? Someone's getting fired. Who is it? Damn, McCullers. Really? Okay, I don't think that really sends a message. Like, Moncrief, yeah, you might be right. Moncrief, Moncrief getting cut. Yes, yes. Cutting Moncrief would send a message. And they have receivers. You could cut Moncrief. However, here's the thing. We always talk about the three pay, the three P's. Performance, pay, pedigree. Yep. He got paid. He I'd got paid. Yeah, I'd have to see what his dead money hit would be if they cut him. Let me, let me look that up while you talk. Okay, because I'll tell you another one. What if, and this would be totally out of the Steelers' usual going on, so that, that, what if they got rid of Butler as a defensive coordinator and they just said it's just not working out? They already have a, one that's ready to step in and Terrell Austin, who was a defensive coordinator for the Bengals prior to coming to the Steelers. Um, he has experience calling those plays. He knows the secondary well. It's who he's been working with. I'm just saying, if, if they were gonna if they were gonna make a move, to all of a sudden it's gonna perk up some ears. And say, whoa, didn't see that coming. That could be one. Do you have that number yet? Yeah. So the cut, a pre-June first cut, uh, would be three point five million dollars. That would have already have happened. So it would be a post-June one cut. The dead money charge would be one point seven five. Chump change. Yeah, you could eat that. You could eat either number. Yes. Because his total cap charge, his cap charge for the year is $3.25 million. You could eat that. Okay. Worst free agent pickup pick in the last few seasons. Is it Ladarius Green? Is it Morgan Burnett, safety last year? Or is it Dante Mongrief? Uh, it's Mongrief at this point. It's too early to tell, but at this point, <laughs> Mongrief, because at least uh, Ladarius caught a pass and caught a That's touchdown pass against the Giants in the seam. was an outstanding play. He just had injury issues. He couldn't get over the concussions, I believe. That's, yeah, concussions yep. issues, right? And he Burnett was always hurt, too. And Burnett was always hurt as well. And now he's in Cleveland. And now he's in Cleveland. As I watch the Chiefs just move up and down the field and I uh, think about the Steelers and just shake my head. <laughs> They used to do that once, Lance. Do you remember that? Those are the good old days. <laughs> see, see now I'm, I'm see Jeff. I'm trying to stay positive, Jeff. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to let I, you. I actually, honestly, I'm not as angry this week as I was last week because last week they got their freaking doors blown off. This week, like I said, there's a, a few plays that go the other way and they win this football game. This was a contested game. The injuries are concerning because even though Benny Snell had one good throw or one good run, I'm sorry, um, you're, you're looking at, I don't know. I, th I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I really don't know. That's the scary thing. I usually have a good feel for the team, good, bad, and different. I don't know about this team. But I thought this game was better. I thought they could build on some things. If they can win next week in San Francisco, that's a later game. That's, I think, a 4-15 start. Then they go on Monday night against the Bengals. You win that game. Now you're 2-2 two and two, going into a Baltimore game. I don't know. I'm looking at Jeffrey's opponent. Thank you, Jeff, for the uh, super chat. Jeff, Jeffrey wrote, bad players coached by bad coaches. 
bad players plus bad coaches. I don't think they're all bad players, though. They have one of the best defensive three. They, I think they had the best three four front in the NFL. And yeah. two at Hayward and uh, Hargrave. You throw yeah. Watt in that X man. I mean, the one thing we're seeing, and I think over the last couple of games, I think they've been out. I think teams have run. I think the Patriots end up running maybe less than 10. I'll say 10 plays more. But in this game, it was probably, what, an additional 20 snaps um, in this game. Um, that that third down stuff is is, is alarming. They, they can't convert third downs. Um, I think after two weeks, they might have the lowest, one of the top, I'd say in the top five, worst third down uh, percentages made in the National Football League. Offensive plays today, 72 to 51. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to win games, man, when teams run 30 more plays than you. And they're averaging like 15 more plays than you. That, that That's like two or three more series. So that's tough. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, let's – what, what do you want to say to the nation before you uh, we call it a show? Uh, you have positive words. <laughs> I, 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 okay. I, I be can, patient. That's all, right. all I can say is be patient. There's 14 more games. There's still a lot of football to be played. If you want to officially jump off the bandwagon, if they go 0-3, I'm giving you permission to go ahead and put your ticket in and go ahead and jump off. But until that point, Stay with them. Well, if you look at the Steelers, you look at their schedule, and you absolutely will see that <clears throat> the first six games were really, really tough. And everyone knew that when the schedule was released this spring. Okay, so you had the Patriots, Seahawks, 49ers, Bengals, Ravens, and Chargers before their bye week. But after that, it softens up a little bit. And so if you're an optimist an optimist, and you're thinking, okay, if this team can be playing right at the right time, if they can make a run, here's what the after the bye looks like. Dolphins, Colts, Rams is tough. Browns, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, Bills, Jets, Ravens. So if you're an optimist that says these early struggles might not last forever, that could be your ticket. If they can just win uh, a couple more games here, string together a few, then I think that this team could be one that goes on a run in the second half. Will that run be legitimate because of the teams are playing? No one knows, but we'll see. So, all right. Well, everyone that was a taking part of the live chat, we appreciate it. If you're listening in audio platform, if you didn't know we had a YouTube channel, go to youtube.com, search BTS, Steelers radio, subscribe. People always say, when do you guys go on? I never know. Subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you get your notifications turned on your phone. And every time we go live, you'll get a, a push notification so that you don't miss a show. You can find our podcast anywhere where you search for podcasts. Just search BTSC, Behind the Steel Curtain, or SB Nation, and you'll find us there. Uh, Lance, why don't you send us off the way you always do? Before I do that, make sure you keep listening to the shows. Yeah, Steelers are going to keep listening to the shows. Just, just stick with us. Keep listening to the shows. <laughs> but with that, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. And we'll see you next week, a little bit later. After the Steelers play the 49ers, hopefully get their first win of the season. We'll see. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steelers postgame.